All right, Merry Christmas Eve. Come play church. Merry Christmas Eve. Nothing? No? All right, there we go. Woo, how's everybody doing? Good? All right, cool. I'm super pumped up. I'm going to try to chill out a little bit. Try to chill out. All right. Uh, welcome to Convalescence. My name is Kirk. I'm one of the pastors here. If you guys are visiting here today, uh, first off, thank you for checking out our church service. It's just a, a joy to have everybody here celebrating today. Uh, and if you are visiting, if it's uh, your first time here, a couple things I just want to share with you guys today. Uh, first thing is that we'd love to just hear more about who you are. We'd love to hear more about your story. We love stories here at Commonplace Church, and we love just to celebrate uh, just what God's done in your life. So if, if you want to connect in, a, in, a, in just a different way, love to invite you to take uh, one of our connect cards over there and just share a little bit of your story. Uh, just one of the, my favorite things as a pastor is to be able to hear um, just God's work in people's lives. So really excited to have you in that way. Second thing I want to share is we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve today as a church family, all right? And so what that means is there's going to be what we're calling an intergenerational event, where there's going to be kids, there's going to be teens, maybe people a little bit older, um, but we want to celebrate in that way because that's pretty much how families celebrate, right? Families come together all different ages and celebrate. Now, what that might mean is that, well, the attention spans might be a little shorter today, okay? The level of like tomfoolery could be like an all-time high. We're prepared for that. That's what happens when you have a family, okay? Uh, but that also means some good things for you guys. The first good thing is it's going to be a shorter message, okay? So that's good news. Praise, praise the Lord for that, right? Uh, the second good thing is going to be, maybe this isn't a good thing, you get to watch me try to connect with the kids, all right? And if you know my history, yeah, it goes really well. <laughs> I promise I won't say Merry Christmas although I just did. But um, that's the last one for the kids. You got that, kids. So anyway, here's the third thing I want to share with you guys. I want to share the good news of the gospel, because that's what we're here to do at Commonplace Church. Uh, We exist here, as Corey said earlier, to glorify God, to equip disciples, and to share the good news. And so that's what I want to do at this time that we have right now. I want to share the good news of the gospel. Now, I was going to share a story of the good news of the gospel, but you guys lucked out. You got to watch this incredible video of these these adorable kids that was amazing (laughs) and so it would be ridiculous if I tried to like out cute or out do their story so we're just going to let them have their story because it was amazing and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share the good news that's at the heart of that story and I want to just share a little bit of what that good news is and 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 here's what it is the good news that we're going to celebrate that we celebrate on Christmas it's really it's actually kind of simple Uh, The good news is that we have God's gift of sending Jesus for all people, for all people. Don't miss that part right there. And that's actually what he says in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. I'm going to read this real quick for you guys. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. All right, so with that passage, I think we can... Maybe ask a few different questions in regards to what, what's being said here. So the first question that maybe we, we might want to ask is, well, what makes this birth of this child from the city of David, the Savior, what, what makes this an offering of good news? Maybe that's a question you have. Or here's another question. Well, what is it about this declaration from literally 2,000 years ago that what is it about that good news that should actually call us to maybe consider any sort of impact in our, in our life here today. 
And maybe, though, we take it a little bit further, we step out a little bit, and maybe we actually, before we answer that, we start with, well, how do we go about figuring out good news? And not even that, one step further, how do we go about figuring out good news for all? Because that's what this passage says. Right? This passage doesn't say good news for, like, four people. This is good news for all people. So how do we go about figuring that out? And I think the important question is to say, well, how do we figure out good news? How do we go about doing that? And it starts really with, well, as humans, we start with we. How do we? It starts with the individual. And sometimes just even a a little bit of a collective group. But what tends to happen is we decide that we're going to determine something to be good. And then we determine that, well, okay, because it's good for me, now maybe it's good for all people. And that's typically how we operate as humans. And what we come to realize at times, well, that's because something's good for us, the reality is it might not be good for all. So I want to give you a couple of examples of where we might see this happen, okay? The first one is, um, my, my last name is Ruprecht, if you guys don't know me. Uh, it is a strange German last name. I, I had nothing to do with it, but um, that last name is, um, it means something a little bit different if you're in Germany. But for here, recently we got invited to, uh, our family, Ruprecht, got invited to a Christmas party, a Christmas gathering. And that was really nice. And I think the people who invited us extended an invitation because they think maybe we're, we're good, I don't know, good to have around, good for, for most people. And I think we're pretty good to have around and probably good for, for most. Um, and so that's kind of a recent thing that happened to us. And it was really nice of them. Now, let's just say that there's a group of people. Let's, let's, let's move to Germany for a minute, all right? Let's go over to Germany and let's say that there's a group of people who want to invite Ruprex over for Christmas, for a Christmas party. Well, that actually would never happen. No one would invite a Ruprecht to their Christmas party. And, and maybe you're wondering why. Not, not because we're like foreigners or anything like that. It's, it's because Ruprecht in Germany is a, a strange character. Let me see if I can, there's a picture of him up here. I hope. There he is. So that's Ruprecht. I look you see the resemblance, right? Um, <laughs> so that guy is actually Santa's helper who brings the coal to the bad kids. That's what, that's what his job is. I'm not even, like, look it up, Google it. Uh, and so this guy, right, he, you don't want, no one's going to invite that guy to a Christmas party. Like, that would be insane. And so one thing that might be good here for us or for maybe for you guys, but at least for us Ruprechts, getting invited to a, a party, a holiday party at Christmas, that's great. But if you go to Germany, that's, that's not happening. They're going to say, no, thank you. Keep your coal to yourself. You cannot come to our Christmas party. But what you see is that what's good for all, it's really only good for some, right? And that's what we're going to show here today. Here's another example. So after service, we are having a post-service social. It's our first time ever doing it. It's going to be fantastic. And you guys are all invited to stick around. We're going to hang out. And there's going to be, this might keep you, Jersey bagels at this thing, okay? I don't even need to explain Jersey bagels. If you know, you know, right? Jersey bagels. Now, you, I, and I hope you guys all stick around because they're going to be incredible. They're going to be really, really good. Now, part of that statement is true. Right? For some, you guys are like, yeah, that's awesome, Jersey bagels. But for some, for example, my wife, who's probably like turning the corner to hangry right now, it's not really a good thing. Not because she hates Jersey bagels, but because she has a gluten intolerance. And so 
bagels for her, that means like Christmas is kind of ruined. So what we see is my invitation of, hey, what's good for all, really, really isn't, right? It's only good for some. And so here's just the point of, of these examples is to, to show that typically as humans, what we tend to do to determine something to be good, we, we tend to use our own personal interpretations, our own experiences, and good for us becomes very subjective in nature because we're the subject of that. And so to say what's good for all, really from our own perspective, isn't always necessarily the case. And so the point is like good news, when it, when it comes to, usually it takes on this personal form. And in that it presents a challenge because typically it often excludes the good of another. And yet, here's the beautiful thing that we celebrate at Christmas. What we see is that we're actually presented with an objective offer of what God calls good news, right? This objective view. He says this. He says the Messiah, the Savior, that's good news for all people, right? It's not just good news for a certain group, but this is good news for everyone, in fact, in, in the Gospel of Luke, we're provided with this universal uh, presentation of something that God declares good for all. For all. That's for, for me. That's for you. That's for those with a, a gluten intolerance. That's for the coal given Ruprex. It's good news for all. So now, let's ask, what is that good news for all people? Just in the simplest form, here's what it is. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. It's this good news that there's salvation through Jesus. And in that, he frees us from our old sin family and he invites us to this new, this new standing he calls as a, a child of God. It's actually what we're going to look at we're, as we study uh, the book of Galatians. We're going to look at that, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. And we're actually going to go into the book of Galatians this upcoming year in January. So I hope you guys, if you want to stick around, uh, join us for that. It's going to be a really good study. But it says this, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are a son, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, that no, you're no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So this is the good news that's presented for all people. It's because God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world, born of a woman, like it says, born of, of Mary, where we can be redeemed. That's a really powerful thing. We can be redeemed from the curse of, of sin that is and has been present in our lives. And not only that, we can be adopted into this new family of God, his family, so maybe that presentation of the good news, you might say, oh, that, that's news, right? But, but what makes that actually good? What makes that good? And that's a really good question. So what I would say is, is that the good news of this incarnation, it becomes good, well, really only when we kind of have to process through some news that's, that's not so good. That's not so good. Maybe, maybe we'll call this um, bad news, and so here's the not-so-good news. See, each one of us has been infected by sin. It's how we are 
enter, we enter into this world. It's, it's even, I think, why we cry while we're, when we're born. But because he, here's our reality. We all are born into a family legacy that's been marred by sin's imprint. The Bible, the Bible tells us that it's from the family in the line of, of Adam. Of Adam. And Adam's line includes this reality of this presence of sin. And now sin is what was severs peace between creation, man, and this holy God. Basically what it's noting is that the family of origin for humanity is one that's fallen. It's one that's, that's sinful. It's one that's, that's not good. Not good. And maybe we hear that, that term not good and, and kind of, I don't know, maybe it rubs us the wrong way. Maybe we're like, that seems unfair. Like, I have a, I have a good family. I feel like I'm a, I'm a good person. And, and now listen, um, there, there are elements to truth. And if that's what you're feeling, that's what you're pushing back. But, but here's the challenge, okay? Here's what we're, the, we're wrestling with. The human standard of good and God's standard of good are, are very, very different. See, for God, good is um, perfection. Good is, is, is purity. Good is, is, is just being pure. And man, with any sort of imperfection, any sort of blemish, well now it's, it's rendered something that was pure is no, is no longer. Now, now it's impure. And so, listen, we may have a good family. And we may be, you know, considered ourselves good. But, but none of us, none of us are pure, perfect, and pure and that's God's standard for good. See, only Jesus was. So, so we, we all bring these sin prints. Why is that? Well, because we're created in this world. We're born into a world that's marred by sin. It's actually what's been passed down. It's what's been inherited. And, and if we're, we're struggling with kind of accepting that, here's what I want to share. Um, and this hopefully will... Uh, just in case I lost the kids. It's going to be a little silly, all right? Just in case I lost the kids, but I want to bring the kids back here with some silliness, all right? So if, if we struggle with believing that um, we inherit from those who go before us, you don't have to do this right now, but look at your belly button, all right? Look at, look at your belly button, okay? I read this silly but, like, really helpful insight the other day from a man, his name is Stanley Harwas. It's, it's in regards to the way to be reminded that we come from another. And here, here's the quote. It says this. It says, nothing is quite ontologically revealing as our belly buttons. All right? Ontological is a fancy word that's basically saying it's our nature of our being. And so Harwa says, next time you take a shower, next time you take a bath, just take a look, right? Whatever, whatever any Audi doesn't matter. Take a look at your belly button and what you will see is that you were once part of someone else. That you came from someone else. And so those belly buttons in whatever form they take, let them be a reminder that we were created. That we're descendants of another. And for humans, we're descendants from the line of Adam. These first parents of Adam and Eve whose sin was unfortunately passed down and leaving man separated from God. So, so that's the, the not-so-good news. And that, that not-so-good news is actually very universal in nature. 
It's not subjective. But I'm not here to tell you about the not-so-good news. I'm here to talk about the good news of the gospel. That's why I'm here this morning. It's what, like Galatians says, the good news is this, that on Christmas morning, God, he sends his one and only son, Jesus, to redeem and actually receive sinful people. That's incredible. See, redemption, that's the, that's the good news we celebrate. Christ taking on flesh in the form of helpless babe, that's what we celebrate. That's good news. See, the good news of the gospel is that God has the power to redeem what's broken through Christ Jesus, through his one and only son, Jesus. And we can be forgiven of all of our sin. That's incredible news. That's really, really good news because the reality, once again, is sin, it infects everyone. But the good news is that we have this offer of forgiveness, of grace as a universal offering to all people. Here's what's incredible as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate Jesus, as we celebrate even the reality of of gift giving. See, when it comes to to gift giving, like Jesus, he doesn't take the the, the Santa approach as how he offers gifts, okay? We're only the good only the good ones will get it. And maybe, you know, try harder next year and maybe you'll get this offer of, of grace and, and forgiveness. Like that's not, that's not his offer. That's, that's what Santa does. That's a super religious offering. And you do this and you get that. But here's what Jesus does. Jesus' gift of salvation is so different. It's so incredibly loving. It's this offer that says no matter how bad you messed up, no matter how bad you think you are, redemption is still offered to you, to you. That's the good news for all people. It's not good news for some, it's good news for all. I was thinking this week, I was like, thank you, God, for, for Jesus' offering. Right? God, God, thank you for sending Jesus and not Santa to deal with my flaws and my sins and my failures. Because this is the reality, redemption is good news, that through the gift of Christ's righteous work, his work on the cross, on our behalf, we can be made new. We have a new family inheritance. That's this good news that I am so incredibly honored to share this morning. That we are no longer found in this sinful state. But the good news tells us that we are found in this standing of now what's called saving grace. That's the good news of the gospel. We're adopted into this new family. We have this fresh start. It's all received in this new line. Not the line of Adam, but now the line of Jesus, our Savior. It's incredible news, and it's incredible because it's a gift for all people. So that, that's, that's the good, good news I want to share with all of you today. This offer of redemption, this offer of forgiveness, this good news that's not just for some, but it's good news for all. We can receive a relationship even today with this God, through what Jesus has done. That's what we celebrate as Christmas here. That's why we rejoice. It's God who taking on flesh becomes man. He lives the perfect life that we never could. He takes our sin, our shame, and he puts that to death and so that we from there may have new life. Life that he offers that's abundant. Life that he offers that's eternal. It's incredible. The gospel is really, really, really good news. And it's good news for anyone who desires to receive it. It's a gift. 
And the thing about a gift is that it's something you have to receive. It's nothing you can earn. Maybe it's not even what we deserve. But it's something we need to receive. And so today, I want to just extend that invitation to anyone who's never received that gift, that free gift of salvation, that relationship with Christ, this new family legacy. You, you can take that step today. You can rejoice in the good news that's not just for a few people, but it's for all. And so maybe um, that's a step that you, you want to take this morning. And we can do that. I'm going to pray for us in a minute. And maybe for others, maybe we've been walking with the Lord for a while, and, and yet we feel like we maybe we're out of step a little bit. So my encouragement is today, take this time, remember that you are recipient of this good news of grace, and seek him, turn to him. And maybe for others, we, we, we feel like we're in a really good spot with the Lord. Amen. Praise God for that. And so what we're going to do is today, we're just going to celebrate. We're going to sing we're going to shout. Maybe some of us are going to dance. I don't know. Maybe I will. But we're going to rejoice that this is good news, not for some, but good news for all people. So I'm going to pray for us and have the band come up. And, um, and if you want to take a, a step towards this new relationship, I want to pray for that as well. So why don't you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you that you are so kind and that you desire to share relationship with us. Lord, that relationship is found through what only Christ could do on our behalf. Lord, thank you for receiving us, Lord, even in our sinfulness, Lord, that you offered redemption, Lord, that we could be reconciled to you. Lord, I just, I thank you that this is an offer for all people, God, that you love the world, that you sent your one only son, Jesus, Lord. Don't, I, I just, you love the world, Lord. You love all the people that you desire to have a relationship with, God. So I pray this morning, Lord, for anyone who's never taken that step to walk in relationship, God, I, I just pray, no matter what circumstance they're in, they, they would see the beauty of Jesus, what you say, where you say there's life in abundance, Lord, found in you, there is life in abundance. And I just pray, Lord, that, that the joy of that on this Christmas Eve morning, Lord, that would just overtake our hearts. God, that we would turn to you, Lord, in praise and worship adoration, God. God, thank you for giving us this, this opportunity to, to, to rejoice, to say joy to, to, to the world that the Savior has, has come, that you sent Jesus. Lord, would you, would you just be close to those maybe right now who are um, struggling this holiday season, Lord? Just find themselves in circumstances that are really, really tough. Um, God, would you, would you be um, fulfilling what your word says? Would you draw near to the brokenhearted, God? Um, God, would you just, uh, would you do that even now? Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. Praise in your name. Amen.